Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This episode is supported by my course, How to Get Started Being Freelance. If you're new to freelancing, maybe just getting started, thinking about getting started, maybe you've done it in the past year, you're thinking, surely, surely there must be a better way of doing certain things. Or what's this thing I don't understand? That's what this course is for. If you know somebody who fits the bill or it's you yourself, please do check it out at beingfreelance.com. Right now, though, let's find out what it's like being freelance for graphic designer. Marco Inver. I said to myself, maybe if you can uh, find the job of your dreams, maybe you have to make it yourself. And that's kind of what I did, I think. Clients should trust me for you know, the things that I can provide. Almost like back in the days when you were at school and you, you, know, you trust your teacher because that's a job or there is a plumbing job, I trust the plumber. I think it needs to be this element of trust tend to keep the weekends free but there is this thing that even if I'm not working it's almost like my eyes and my brain are working 24-7. Yeah so there is Marco who is from Italy currently living in London and his story coming up very soon indeed. Just to mention actually there's some click click clicking noises at the beginning of this interview but please persevere because they do disappear uh, pretty quickly. We sorted it out after about the first question I seem to remember so it's kind of like a It sounds like it's a dolphin translating for Marco or maybe feeding him answers. Uh, Anyway, we shooed him away for the dolphin, that is, not Marco. And uh, the rest of the interview is fine. So, yeah, please do stick with it. Um, I hope you are well. Come join us in the Being Freelance community. You are not alone being freelance. Yes, you can listen to over 250 episodes of the podcast. You can check out my vlog on YouTube. You can check out the course and the articles. But more than that, you can get friendship and support from over 3,000 freelancers from around the world now hanging out in there. It's a really nice place to be. So please, you know, sometimes we have people going, oh, I've been thinking about joining for a while, but I wasn't sure. No, do it. And more than that, do it and then get involved. Just comment away. And before you know it, you'll have, um, yeah, you'll be you'll be mixing and hanging out with people going through what you're going through. All right. Let's crack on, shall we? Chat to this week's guest, and that is freelance graphic designer Marco Inver. Hey, Marco. Hi, Steve. Thanks for thanks for having me. Oh, thanks so much for doing it. So, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? So, I, I moved to the UK uh, around uh, 2015, and that was a kind of like a big reset in my life and career. Um, I kind of find a Pretty quickly, a job in design, but I wasn't really happy with the with the stuff I was designing. So I started to go working for lots of different agencies. I had so many interviews and very few offers. And uh, I um, I think because I I had in mind the companies I wanted to work for, uh, but the problem is that almost everyone wants to work for the same companies, and most of the time it's just about who you know. And basically, I didn't know anyone. I think also there was another small um, issue that um, I think I'm good at my job, uh, but I'm not a very extrovert person, at least at the beginning. And I think most of the big companies are also looking, they they don't just care uh, how good you are uh, designing. They also want you to be uh, the perfect match for the team or very friendly and to kind of build their culture at the company and I couldn't really show that uh, in the interviews I think. So I think there was a point where I was just so um, mentally sick of doing interviews and um, I I think I just I said to myself that if maybe if 
uh, a bit like uh, one of those books that you find in the, uh, you know, in the art shops. Maybe if you can uh, find the job of your dreams, maybe you have to make it yourself. And that's kind of what I did, I think. Um, the other big thing was that I wanted to take control of the direction of my works. That sounds like a perfect solution because, no, you know, in agencies, you sometimes you um, the, the, the things that you're doing, you can't really show them because you have to sign NDAs or sometimes they're not going through or maybe sometimes you're just sending crops or maybe you don't want you don't want all that stuff to be part of your portfolio. So I really want to kind of reposition myself. And I think that was a big thing on why I wanted to do a freelance. So I kind of started to, um, I mean, likely I had a little bit of savings from my previous full-time position, but I, I kind of had to uh, minimize all my spendings. And, you know, in London, it's probably not a very easy thing to do. Um, <laughs> it, it's good. You know, it's good now that everything is closed, but <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not easy when everything is open. So, but yeah, I tried to do my best and it was fine for a couple of months. So I, I had this idea that I wanted to position myself as a designer for branding and packaging. Uh, so I, um, I kind of repurposed all my old work and created a bit um, like almost um, um, pretend projects. Because there is almost this thing that I think other people in your podcast said. Uh, uh, sometimes it's very simple. If you have a client who is looking for, for example, to design a chocolate bar and you have a chocolate bar in your portfolio, it's easier for the client to see what you can do because they, yeah, sometimes not, not, there are no lots of clients who are very, um, uh, have lots of imagination. You almost mm -hmm. need to show what you can do. So I think, yeah, I want to, to create this kind of set of things around me. Uh, to start um, collecting clients. And I think the first contacts I had them through, um, I think platform like People Per Hour and Fiverr. But I'm not a big fan of this platform because I think they exploit a little bit our job and you almost battle down in price with other designers. And, you know, sometimes you have a, a brief and uh, most of the time the, design, the designer who wins or the person who wins is the one who is offered the cheapest price. Uh, and sometimes it happened that I didn't win the first time, but then they, they use another person and they, they came back again. So they almost, they, they spent twice their money. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think it was good at the beginning to collect a few, a few clients. Uh, but I, I, I think I, I just tried to run away as soon as I could. Yeah. yeah. And were you working in-house at an agency while you were doing building up that experience and changing your portfolio or were you just burning through your savings in london so i i was burning through my savings uh i, I had the idea of going freelance but then i found a full-time position that i didn't really enjoy so i i worked there for three months and then i just said okay that's it i need to leave so you were finding work on the freelance job sites but not enjoying it so how did you go about finding your own clients so I, I, I still I, I collected a few contacts in this web in this in this website that I I'm still working with them uh, right now uh, years later. So that was part of them. But then also I um, when I was quieter I kind of tend to do personal projects you know with very few boundaries in place and they help me not only with the creativity but also they kind of bring new business because um, like what I was saying earlier with the chocolate bar. You kind of, you show more skills, and I had uh, a few clients coming through this, 
you know, especially if you post the jobs maybe on BNs or uh, maybe the, the, your personal project get featured, uh, you get loads of views and sometimes you get good messages. I, I was also doing some work with um, design agencies, so I was, um, I, I was literally freelancing for agencies and I think um, that was good money-wise. But I think because I'm a bit of a control freak, especially on projects, I, I, I was always battling a bit with the term freelance, so I started to, co- to call myself independent. And uh, this is another concept that I think I learned from your podcast uh, at the very beginning, because um, there were loads of people that were uh, saying that. And I think the idea of having control of the project and talking directly to to the clients uh, instead of, you know, instead of giving my services to an agency uh, mm-hmm. and, and it was good money wise, yeah, but then you're, you, you couldn't do everything that you wanted. That's when I realized that maybe I should have switched to maybe a company setting or the company was more, um, yeah, that, that could, could be a future. So at that point you were, you were calling yourself. So at first you were Marco Inver, freelance graphic designer and then Marco Inver, independent graphic designer yeah and and were you doing uh, just just to jump back slightly your aim of creating your own work for your portfolio was like positioning yourself at like packaging for example what was that kind of work coming your way yes uh, i think uh, of course i had other things as well that maybe i wasn't advertising as much just because i wanted to keep uh focus on uh branding and packaging but yeah it was it was coming through very slowly but yeah it was coming through i think maybe the positioning of at this stage was not uh, only packaging but was more uh, food beverages and hospitality so it was a right. bit bigger so how did things start to change it started to feel there as if you were gonna say you you then changed to a company name yes i i kind of started to feel that i had almost like a package to offer to my clients I don't know, was including the experience in design, the vision that I had on the project, on the brand. Also, the process was a big thing on how I was doing things. And that was requiring a direct contact with the client. And um, I mean, also the, the client was trusting me. So yeah, I had this package and I couldn't offer this package through another agency. That, that was probably another ha-ha moment when I said, oh, okay, I, I have actually something to say or something to offer. So maybe it's time to uh, take the next step here. Um, and yeah, I, I created a company. And what's the company called? So the company is called Mainworks. Um, it was a bit hard to find a name for the company because I think everything, uh, if you Google a name, everything is a studio now, no? Uh, so <laughs> it, was, it was very hard to find a name. I, I probably changed the company house a few times, the name, and I'm still not 100% happy. But um, yeah, it was very, very hard. So basically, it's, uh, the, star, the two letters on my, uh, on my name with the two letters on my surname and works was just uh, a generic thing to put everything together. Because I like Maine, but there was a studio called Maine as well. Uh, so yeah, I was just yeah, <laughs> it was very oh, hard nice. to find them. Yeah, I like the link to your name. Yeah, and so is Mainworks just you? Yes. Yeah, so um, I think I had a few plans before COVID. Then I kind of decided to slow down a little bit. It's just me right now. But depending on projects, I have uh, different people coming in. So depending what I need, like maybe for a project, I need uh, more illustrations or 
3D or motion design. So I have a few I have contacts around me who are helping me to um, do the project as best as I can. But I'm yeah I'm I'm struggling at the moment. I I don't think I'm very probably I'm not very optimistic. So I'm afraid to take uh, the next step of hiring someone. But yeah, it's something that I really want to do. In what way are you not feeling optimistic? Well, you know, it's, I think hiring someone is probably the, one of the biggest uh, expense that I could have as a design business. Right. So, uh, you know, now it's fine. Maybe in uh, three months, one year, it's going to be fine. But you don't know what's going to happen in two years. And you still have to, I don't know, maybe uh, you still have, you have this money who are going to affect your cash flow who are going out. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's like a, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big jump and I want to think about it properly. And that's the cool thing is that you can you can still bring on other freelancers but keep your overheads lower while you need to. Oh yeah, that that's that's good, yeah. But how do you position yourself? Like how do because you know, you could you could call yourself Mainworks but still be hi, I'm Marco and I'm the blah blah of uh, Mainworks or if people contact Mainworks, does it feel like they're contacting a bigger company like how do you show yourself to the world in that way yes i think things from last february changed slightly because of course we didn't know what was going to happen and i had different plans so i i wanted to the change to company was also a push for me to hire someone but then i didn't uh so i kind of how can i say this um i didn't really know who i was for a little while and I probably still don't know yet because I sometimes you know you because you're a company you need to talk as a we but it's still me so sometimes I just talk as a we as me and other people who are coming on board for the projects but I still not resolve that things yet I think right now both things are open so people are coming in both directions uh, so maybe if someone is coming from the company side, from the from the company part, uh, part uh, maybe they expect a different approach. Or if they're coming from my name, maybe they expect more like a um, don't know personal touch. Or so yeah, I don't know. Work in progress. Uh. And have you found switching to the company name like you you wanted it to change the way you worked and who you worked with? Do you feel like that's worked? Um, I think mentally for me, yes, because uh-huh. I. I construct this, you know, this famous package that I was talking about. I like this idea of having a vision and give this vision to a client, which I don't know, you can probably do even if you were, uh, if you were in a company. But um, I think it's, I think mentally for me, it sounds, um, I don't know, click better. Uh, yeah. And does it, I mean, you, you mentioned or hinted like towards fe- feeling a bit of an introvert. Does being a company help you in that respect? I think the whole freelance experience helped me with uh, uh, with my personality because um, I always wanted to kind of stay uh, playing the backstage. But then when I needed work, I really needed to put my face and my name. And that helped me, gave me a bit of confidence back. I'm not sure it's changed much with the company. Uh, probably is a step backward just because i don't have my name there anymore but you know it's still me my name is still there so yeah i I don't know (laughs) i think it it definitely helped me than before yeah now that's interesting though but so actually it was on the intro introversion side of things it was actually the going in and going for a job interview and trying to fit into a company that you felt uncomfortable with you felt much 
in a safer space being yourself. Yeah, you know, there is also a reason why I don't work with public. I tend to spend my whole day in front of a laptop. I don't know, I'm probably never going to work as a customer service. Uh, it's just not me. But you say that you're not going to be a customer service person, but obviously you still have to deal with your customers and provide them with a service and make them happy. How do you find that side of things, dealing with clients? Well, I think it's a bit different. I think I like I like building relationships with my clients. You're starting to know them. You start to know what they like, what they don't like. There are clients who I, I started to work uh, right at the beginning and we're still together. And I love that. Um, I think the comparison I was trying to make is I, I still have that side in my business but it's not I, I don't work in a um, um, I don't know in a call center where I deal with uh, X amount of people every day uh, so I, I have my I don't know I have my small group of people which I like because we're working together and I like talking to them but yeah it's it's never it's never going to be more than that I think mm. How about the way you work? Do you tend to like work on one project at a time, one after another, or do you have several on the go? Uh, see, I always, um, I always wonder about that because th- there are lots of people who are saying they're trying to divide their week on uh, different things, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just too messy to do that. So I, I try, but it just doesn't really work for me. I think I'm just, um, I don't know. I don't think I really have a. Um, just depending on the uh, deadlines that I have or things that are more important. I find very easy, very, um, not easy, very um, good to uh, plan emails. So with, um, um, you know, to the to like schedule things. So even if the email is going, I'm not really working on that thing. So that, that helped me to regulate to be my workflow. But yeah, I think I'm still a bit um, chaotic. Uh, yeah, I, I love to be more organized. So you tend to work on one client project wait until it's finished and then start another one well no i think usually they're all mixing together i think depending on the urgencies i tend to prioritize things that are a bit more urgent but then you have maybe bigger jobs who are overlapping so i tend to maybe divide the, the day based on um, the whole work that i have and uh, maybe i don't know maybe i give 20 minutes today and i'm gonna rework on that thing tomorrow uh maybe there is a bigger things that i need that i need my attention that needs to go I don't know, in a week uh, with a deadline. Uh, So yeah, I think everything is overlapping at the moment. How do you know how much work you can take on? You know, like if if, if I was to, you know, phone you up now and say I had a job for you, how how do you assess whether or not you've you've got the time? So this is probably connecting to the work-life balance as well. I'm, I'm quite a workaholic, so I tend to work a lot. And even if I don't have time, but there is a good project, I usually tend to take that on board um i'm glad you think my project is going to be good <laughs> no i yeah um i guess depend depends on the project uh right. if the project is very good and yeah and, and i don't think i have the time but the project is very very good i'm probably going to take it anyway maybe i'm gonna maybe i can try to squish other things around um so do you feel like you've got a good work-life balance i i don't think it's very good so i think since i started i've tend to keep a 9 to 6 routine, which is usually a 10 to 6 because the morning mornings are not very... Uh, yeah, I'm not really morning person. Um, and tend to keep the weekends free. But there is this thing that, even if I'm not working, it's almost like my eyes and my brain are working 24-7. And I'm a very visual person, so I need to kind of visualize what I'm thinking. 
so even if I'm not working, I kind I need to just sit down and put down what I'm thinking just to visualize it. So that that's going a bit um, yeah, it's going off the nine to the nine to six. Uh, but yeah, it's something that I'm still struggling a bit. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'm never gonna fix. I don't know. Maybe it's just again, maybe it's just me. Uh, but yeah, probably the weekends are the things that I try to keep clean as possible. Uh, and do you work from? I mean, obviously, outside of the pandemic, do you work from home or do you go somewhere else? Um, so I, I have a studio. I need to have. I, I need to have a studio because if I'm home, I started to, I started to look at the dishes. I, I have the cats are. Uh, I have two cats, so they they keep asking for food. So I never really. Um, it's very hard to focus, so I it, I find I found very helpful to have a, a desk space that I change a few times over the, since the start. Uh, but yeah, I, then I mean, of course, now I probably work home a little bit more. But uh, yeah, it's much better to, to yeah you get more focused uh, definitely in an office. Something you mentioned at one point was about trust, trust with clients. Yeah, what were you referring to with that? Um. You know, one thing is that the project is good, and the other thing is that, you know, in the first minutes uh, that we that we're talking, I try to understand if there is going to be a potentially a good relationship between us, uh, and I think that that's another big factor of taking board the project or not. I think that clients should trust me for know the things that I can provide of course we usually decide things together but I think there is, needs to be a base of trust almost like I don't know I'm thinking uh, back in the days when you were at school and you you know you trust your teacher because that's their job or uh, there is a plumbing job I trust the plumber uh, mm. so I think yeah I think it needs to be this element of trust on what we do uh, and also because you know there are so many professionals doing my job so if if I can't give this trust, maybe there is going to be someone else. How do you deal with that situation, though, when a client is, I know, I guess, pushing back on something that you're suggesting or creating? I think, and this is probably more now, just because I'm a little bit more stable, so I can make this, uh, I can do this. But I think previously, uh, years ago, I was just trying to deal with that uh, because I needed some income. I think now that I'm just a little bit more stable, I think um, I try to let them know that we all want the project to have good ending, so to have like a good um, end result, sorry. But I think if the client doesn't, there's no trust, I think I probably ended a few relationship because of this. I think I, I need to have these elements. And how have you found the, like, the financial side of running your business? So at the beginning, I was doing everything myself, and I think I was actually kind of okay doing it. I, I thought it was like harder than it looks. Uh, but yeah, I think now things are getting a bit more complicated, so I'm, I tend to have an accountant. And yeah, I think it's just a big relief because I'm not really good at money, uh, of like numbers. And so yeah, it's good that there is someone else who, is, who kind of overlooks over um yeah and i think yeah it's a big relief if you can get one i think okay marco i always do this thing where i ask for three facts about yourself to make two true one a lie and let me figure out the lie what do you have for me right so um i i struggle a little bit with this one and i don't think it's fair steve because you have done <laughs> so many so many episodes so you know you know already 
uh, how this thing works. So let, let's try. So I say, don't push me too much. So you're saying it's unfair <laughs> because I'm clearly an expert detective. Exactly. But let's try. Just yeah, don't push me too much because I might um, <laughs> I might not be able to. <laughs> to you're saying you might crumble under cross examination. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Let's exactly. find out. Okay. So the first one is I've been in an episode of Killing Eve. The second one is, uh, before working as a designer, I was a professional skateboarder. And the last one is, I sold tickets for a comedy show in Leicester Square. So, so sorry, you were on a TV show called what? Uh, Killing Eve. Oh my God, Killing Eve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I, I wrote down Kim and Eve. Oh, and I was right. sitting there thinking, is this like a sitcom I've not seen? <laughs> you know, no, like when Harry Kill- met Sally or... yeah. Um, that, that sounds good as well. No, yeah, it's uh, the one in the BBC, yeah. Um, oh, Killing Eve. Wow, Killing Eve was amazing. What were you in Killing Eve? So I was in an episode where they were um, clubbing. Uh, there was a clubbing scene. I was at in Amsterdam. So I was kind of drinking uh, I was drinking a beer that wasn't, that wasn't real. And um, <laughs> I, I, tend, I tend to do... Uh, I like to do these things. Uh, being freelance, uh, you know, being your own boss helps you to kind of uh, take time for to do these things so yeah i do remember for sure a scene where she goes clubbing yeah. i thought it was in berlin but or maybe it was berlin you know well you're saying that now <laughs> well i think it was so they are, no but... the actual place was in shortage oh uh, i see they the filmed club. it in london exactly so i'm not right. sure if it was amsterdam or berlin yeah okay yeah right you <laughs> were a professional skateboarder Yes, so I was um, I was very little, so I was scouted at school, um, and I kind of started to to compete nationally. Uh, so I'm not sure if professional is the right term, but yeah, I was started to compete. I mean, still doing beginner stuff, and then I left because I had a bit of a injury. So I kind of decided that wasn't my uh, my path. Um, what was what was your favorite trick on a skateboard? Um, I think I was doing kind of basic things, so th- things like kick flips. Uh, 50-50 grants. Right. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I, I have no idea whether either right. of those things are actual real. <laughs> but, um, uh, okay. And then you you have sold comedy tickets in Leicester Square. So I think this was like just the beginning uh, of my um, London life. So I kind of, I, I, I've done loads of small jobs. And this one was very funny because I, again, I'm, I'm very introvert so i had to sell tickets for this comedy show and i think i probably sold two for the whole day and i i think i made um they were giving me 20p per ticket <laughs> if 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 the, if the person was going so i didn't even know if they were going so i think at the end of the day i think i made 40p oh my but I didn't, god yeah but i didn't know if i was gonna get them so at the end okay. i just left so <sighs> Now, I was going to say that the comedy show might not be true. You might have just seen people selling tickets in Leicester Square. But the fact that you've got the economics of it in detail, like that suggests that maybe you did. The Killing Eve one kind of feels right. I mean, like you would have been in London when they would have been filming that. It feels right that they probably did film it in London rather than going to Berlin or Amsterdam. So that could be true skateboarder i mean that that's a nice story oh man which of these is a lie <laughs> i spent lots of time on this so i'm glad that you are struggling 
I am because <laughs> they are all utterly plausible. Um, you know, it's not like you know you backtracked from being a professional to being somebody who simply competed. And so that is plausible. In which case, I'm going to say the. I don't think you're in an. Oh, I do think you. No, I don't think you were in Killing Eve. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Okay. No, I wasn't Killing Eve. Ah! Uh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't probably as good as I painted to you. So I was in a scene, but there were loads of people around me. So you probably can't recognize me. But yeah, I was there. Okay, you never sold comedy store tickets. I did, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so you weren't a skateboarder? No, I wasn't. I always wanted to learn how to go to skate. You don't even know how to skateboard? No, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. I, I literally Googled what are the uh, best, um, <laughs> what, what are the tricks for beginners and yeah. The devil is in the detail. That, that little bit of Googling saved you. Exactly. Well done. Well Thank done. you. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't get this. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? I don't want to be too cliche, but I think I'll probably tell myself to have a little bit more patience um, at the very start. Maybe be a less hard on yourself and really stop applying for jobs because you won't find what you're looking for there. What would you say has been the biggest challenge for you being freelance? I think at the beginning... I think it was the idea that I needed to take on board everything because I needed to have income. When sometimes I was just doing really awful things that I didn't want to do. Um, and, you know, the, this job is um, you know, it's a big part of my life. And this is what I love to do. And I love to do only great work. And I love to choose what to do. So I think that was, that was very hard at the beginning. Um, but, yeah, I just said to myself that, you know, it's probably going to get better. And... I think it did. Uh, now I can, maybe not all the times, uh, I don't want to be too naive, but um, there is definitely uh, a, a bit of selection. And now that you're a company, how does the work come to you now? Is it still from the likes of Behance? Uh, so I'm, I think I've been lucky enough to work with uh, the same people over time who are maybe have different businesses and they bring uh, they um, th there's been quite a lot of word a month um, so, and that was good it was also very rewarding um, I think extra things I tend to do a few pitches and uh, BNs a little bit and Instagram not much yeah I think it's more um, people who is working with me who is happy with the work that I'm doing who is referring uh, other jobs I think that's the best uh, yeah, that's the best place where I get work. And you obviously found doing your own side projects really important early on. Is that something you still do now? Yes, I tend to do every year at least one project. And um, um, I, I usually publish this, so it's on my, web, um, on my website. And I, the first uh, few years, I, um, during Christmas, I started to create um, an object or something that I was designing to send to, send to all my clients. And that was like a nice way of kind of challenging myself. Maybe uh, I put a little bit of budget aside to print or yeah to kind of produce. And I uh, this year I made a small publication on my work with the idea that I was going to send to new clients. Um, I probably made too many, but <laughs> nice. What what like a magazine? Um, yeah, it's just a small. Um, it's not really. A, it's like an A five uh, small yeah. publication. Yeah. 
which is oh, nice. Think, yeah, it's nice to kind of see all the work inside. And so you got those and sent them to existing clients, but we'll send them to potential ones as well. Yes, yeah, but that's the idea. Yeah, I didn't. I sent just uh, just just a couple, uh, so I still have to. Um, yeah, I really still have to understand where to where to send them. And you know, right now it's a bit hard because if you think about um, a company, um, nobody's really working now in their offices. So you don't <laughs> right. really, yeah, don't, I don't really have an address unless someone gives that to me. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. yeah, so maybe I'm gonna wait for a while. But I think it was a good exercise to see kind of the progress and all the kind of things that I put together. So it was definitely a good exercise. And are good yes. things to keep as well, yeah. Okay, be honest. How many have you got sitting in a box? So I, <laughs> no, I printed a um, hundred. And you've given out two? Uh, no, I've given out probably, I sent a couple <laughs> to existing clients as well. So I probably give, give I probably send around 15. So I, I still have a big percentage in the box. Right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's... No, it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm only teasing. I think it's a really good idea. I think it's a great idea. So long as you manage to... Yeah. The, the thing is, well, unless you totally change your style or something, it's not going to age, is it? It's... No, I mean, it's probably going to age, but maybe in a few years. Uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, there is your incentive. By the time you next change studio, you don't want to be lugging that out with you again. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Marco, it's been so good to talk to you. If you go to beingfreelance.com, there'll be links through so that you can find Marco online. You can check out Mainworks website as well. And um, yeah, connect with him. Say hi and see some of his awesome work as well. Uh, while you're there, check out the articles that are in the blog, the videos, uh, the directory, the community. Come join us because uh, you're not alone being freelance, that's for sure. And of course, there's now the course as well. So if you're new to freelancing or you know someone who is, you can check that out it's called how to get started being freelance but for now marco so good to chat to you and all the best being freelance thanks so much Stu. thank you so there's marco hope you enjoyed it being freelance is made by me steve folland i'm a freelance video and audio producer uh, you can find out everything to do with being freelance at being freelance Dot com. Uh, thanks as ever to Sophie Livingston at Kickstart Content for her help with the show notes. Have you seen that at beingfreelance.com? There are show notes including a full transcript. Uh, there is highlights. So, you know, like if you've listened and you thought, oh, that was a good quote. And then, yeah, go back, find it, share it online. Uh, there's links through so if you can find the guest's website and if they're on the social, you can go say hi to them. Uh, it's, it, yeah, it's a really great resource. And so... Please do take a look, won't you? Even if you're listening to this on a podcast app uh, where hopefully you've left a review, you can also check out beingfreelance.com for every single one of the guests. And, yeah, actually, genuinely, I, I sounded like I was taking a mix, but if you fancy leaving a review, that would be great. And if you like what I'm doing with Being Freelance and you want to support it, you can always top up my virtual biscuit tin by buying me coffee and biscuits. It's like one of those Kofi pages that I have. You can go to beingfreelance.com slash coffee and it takes you to it and I really appreciate it. All right, I'm out of here. You have a great week being freelance.
All right, I'm out of here. You have a great week being freelance.